Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Today's topic, how we're really doing with the start of the school year, and we share some lessons gone wrong. Very wrong. I'll also share the biggest SLP mistake I've made in my career. I'm Sarah Lockhart. And I'm Sari Wu. Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. This is a podcast to discuss work and life as working SLPs. We are full-time SLPs in the trenches. And in this podcast, we discuss sage advice and tips and tricks to make our work and home lives calmer and happier. We know you are busy this time of year, and so are we honestly, and we want to keep this really effective, helpful, and to the point. But before we start going, a few quick announcements. First of all, if you're listening to this in real time, I am planning an SLP self-care giveaway soon on our newsletter list. All you have to do to enter is be on our email list. The giveaway is full of merchandise from all sorts of SLP bosses. And if you aren't listening in real time and you still aren't signed up for the newsletter, what the heck are you doing? I share freebies, giveaways, and real-life information about self-care and SLP work in real time. You can sign up on the homepage of our website, slphappyhour.com. And while you're on our website, you can also visit our shop, where you'll see all sorts of self-care designs and products to help you remember to slow down and take care at work. We all need those reminders. Now, on to our show. Since we've all got so much going on these days, here's our mini episode with a few of our most requested segments. But first, an ad break. So you know, on this podcast, we are all about helping you make your life calmer and more productive. Well, we've got a few things for you that will simplify your work life. Both of our sponsors aim to do that, and we'll share those with you today. Sarah, do you ever feel overwhelmed by keeping up with the research? Sometimes. It is time-consuming. And as speech-language pathologists, we depend on good research to serve our clients well. We strive to use evidence-based practice, but how much time do we really have to search for new evidence? Reading research articles is time-consuming, and as SLPs, we don't have much time. So, it's nice to have help wading through the research. One thing that's helped me, my membership to the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP is an advertiser on this podcast, but I pay for my membership with my own money because it is so helpful. So let the Informed SLP help you by doing the research for you too. They search all of the top speech-language pathology journals each month, looking for articles that are highly relevant to your daily practice. They provide you with plain language summaries of the most clinically applicable research. It's how smart SLPs do EBP. You can join the Informed SLP at www.theinformedslp.com. Again, that's www.theinformedslp.com. 
You'll get 50% off of your first three months and then the regular price after that. With the code SLPHAPPYHOUR, no spaces, all lowercase. And you can cancel at any time. And our second sponsor is SLP Now. SLP Now is the no-stress membership designed to help SLPs like you plan effective therapy and manage their caseload with less stress than ever before. You log in, search by targeted objective or month or theme, and print out materials for your learners and go. It's that easy. Instead of going onto websites where you buy items individually, for one monthly price, you can get access to all the materials you need for your learners. That saves time and hassle. I've been a member for almost two years, and I do feel clear-headed knowing my lesson planning is quick and effective. Joining SLP Now organizes your SLP lesson plan life so you can move on to doing what you got into this profession for, seeing your students. And if that sounds right up your alley, the best part is, if you are an SLP Happy Hour listener, you can get a free trial at slpnow.com happy. Again, that's slpnow.com slash h-a-p-p-y. Thank you everyone for supporting the small businesses that support us and allow us to keep on recording those episodes. Please head over to SLP Now and the Informed SLP and show them some love. So, on to uh, our next segment. One of our questions lately uh, from listeners has been, what is your biggest mistake as an SLP? So, Sarah, since you've been an SLP the longest, how would you answer that question? Mm-hmm. So, I was thinking about this, and I think my biggest mistake or biggest regret from early on in my career, because I've been doing this for, you know, now more than a decade, is how I interacted with parents around a diagnosis and how I interacted with parents around sharing evaluation results and IEP meetings. And to be fair, you know, I was caring. I gave as much information as I possibly could. But I, I'm i not sure that graduate school prepares us uh, for the counseling aspect and the difficult conversations that we have as helping professionals. And I didn't really understand how to approach those conversations. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I did them rudely or that I said something I regretted. It's just, you know, how I did a meeting a decade ago and how I do meetings now are so different. So a few things that I've learned. One is if there's a meeting where there's the potential of something surprising that would be discussed to make sure someone on the team talks to the parent ahead of time mm -hmm. so they're not surprised in front of everyone. Um, another thing is to really highlight strengths and I feel that I was educated in a program that focused on doing really efficient and 
thorough evaluation reports. And because of that, I would share those evaluation reports with parents. And I know for a fact they weren't able to really hear anything I was saying. So I do things really differently now. Uh, For example, with an evaluation, I'll start with strengths. And I'll be general about the evaluation report. And I'll show things on charts or graphs or tables. And things that parents can sort of see and glance at and have a general idea And then we move on to what we're going to do about it, because especially for parents who know that their child is behind, by being really detailed about their skills and their present levels or an assessment, um, it comes off as really insensitive and it can come across uh, almost as that we're complaining about their child or that we don't see the strengths of their child. So that's something that I've learned over time to, I don't know, to have more, have discussions with more empathy, but also to set those conversations up for more success so that parents and families and caregivers can be more comfortable. And I was thinking about this the other day, you know, can graduate school prepare you for, you know, the depth and breadth of conversations we have, but also the reactions that some families have, you know, people may cry, people may get angry, people may end the meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that we can ever be fully prepared, but I do think that as we develop these programs for graduate students, there we really should beef up the counseling aspect to talk specifically on having difficult conversations with families, how to do them, uh, what sort of reactions we might see, maybe even some role playing, and maybe even, you know, like pull in some psychology professors who can come in and help because I do think the learning curve was too high. So if I could go back in my career, would I run those meetings knowing what I know now differently? Oh, absolutely. But, you know, you do your best. You do what you know. And when you know better, this is like one of my favorite quotes from Maya Angelou. She says, you know, when you know better, you do better. So I know better now and I do better now. And my meetings, you know, a decade from now will probably be better than they are now. So um, that's just something if someone's listening in and you're newer, I would say pay attention to those conversations because they're so meaningful to families and try to seek out a mentor who can help walk you through how to have those conversations, but also some of the things that might happen as you have those conversations so you can be prepared for a variety of different reactions. You are exactly right. Um, You know, really the only time I can think of where you get this type of counseling experience is externship. And even then it's, it's not a guarantee 
Um, it's, it's just going to be important to volunteer and take advantage of as many opportunities as you can to put yourself in these situations as uncomfortable as they may be so that you get experience with that and you uh, have your mentor there to give you feedback on how you did. But that's really the only time I can think of where you can get counseling experience. Yeah. And I had a counseling class, but we never discussed things like this. Yeah, we had like half a half. There was like one class and it was like split in two, half ethics, half counsel. I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, exactly. Right. It was the same. I, I believe I had a full class on counseling and I don't believe we ever had any conversations like this. They were almost all focused on counseling the patient. And I don't even feel like I learned. I don't know what I learned in that class because it was so long ago, but I know that it didn't really prepare me for these sorts of conversations. So I love the idea of role playing. I think that would have been a big help, but I don't think we did any role playing. And I know it sounds silly, but that's how we practice and externships can't fully prepare us for this. Because if you think about this, maybe you're there full time, maybe you're there a few days a week. So how many meetings can you really observe? Uh, so I think it's a combination of lots of education, perhaps going to a minimum number of IEP meetings for everyone, or, you know, if you're in other settings, I remember, for example, at the rehabilitation hospital, we would have a discharge meeting with families and those were absolutely could be very emotional as well. So I I don't know that any setting is really immune from these sorts of conversations. So being able to see them and role-playing, I know it sounds silly, but it's a great way to learn things and to see uh, what what kind of reactions you might um, have so that when you're in that meeting, you don't just freeze up. Absolutely. Which is okay, too, if that happens. We've all done it. (laughs) That's the truth. That's the truth. Well, thank you for sharing that, Sarah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate. And now for another fan favorite, Lessons Gone Wrong. In this segment, we step away from the myth of the superwoman or superman SLP. So don't believe the stuff that you see on social media or Pinterest. We've all got messy desks, our hair is a mess, we run difficult meetings, and we all have lessons that go wrong. And honestly, most of us feel like we don't really know what we're doing. So it's just the reality. So let's get to it. Sari, what have you got for us? Well, for those that know me, they know that I tend to be a very on task and often to the point, and I like to think efficient person. And sometimes it can be hard for me to be flexible when a patient needs a session to be more of a counseling type session and I have to let go of what I was hoping to work on that day. Um, It recently happened with a couple of my home health patients where I just needed to take a chill pill, take a mental chill pill and stop 
and switch modes into more of the counseling SLP and just let the objectives that I plan to work on that day go a little bit. And I always feel bad. I feel a little bit guilty when this happens, like I didn't somehow give them a quality treatment session. But I have to then remind myself that it was still a quality treatment session. It was just a little bit different. And I and I always try to kind of steer it into more of like a problem solving type session and just be a, a, there as a listening ear. It's still productive. It's just a different type of productive. And if I'm completely honest, that's hard for me at times to accept. Mm -hmm. So how do you determine when you need to stop and, you know, talk about whatever the topic is and have a counseling type session and when you need to redirect the person to the session that you're wanting to have? How do you make that call? Well, if I'm completely honest, I actually always try to redirect at least a couple times before I abandon ship on what I have planned, but I think that's just me, again, having a little bit of difficulty switching mode and letting those things go, and I'm trying to get better at it, but um, it just depends on the patient and what they're going through on whether or not I keep pushing um, and keep trying to redirect. If they are too focused on their concerns, I can just tell that they're going through something that day for whatever reason and they just keep perseverating on their concerns i i will only push so hard before i um switch modes into that more of a counseling type session and i like i said i try to turn it into like a problem solving type session and be there to support them with what they need at that time and and still support their communication just in a little bit of a different way um, and I have to remember, too, that a lot of my patients in home health, oftentimes they live alone, they don't have family there, and I may be the only person that they see that day, and whatever they're going through, they need someone to talk to, and that may be me, and I need to be more conscientious of that. Yeah, it sounds like you're shifting your perspective from success is doing this specific activity and getting this specific data to success is meeting my client where they are right now. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that hierarchy of needs, you're hearing things that are telling you, okay, this patient, this client has some other needs that are going to come first. Exactly. Exactly. The hierarchy of needs is the perfect way to put it. This is where they're at right now. This is what they need. And I need to adjust myself and come to where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a lesson gone wrong, but it's like so silly that I almost don't want to share it now. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> because yours was so thoughtful. Um, so at the clinic, I got two small clients who at the same time, who look really similar, like similar hair color, eye color, who have basically the same goals and are presenting really similarly. Okay. And I was able to, you know, like tell who's who and um, keep them apart in all areas except this one area I could not remember. So one of these two clients 
loved it when I did a balloon pump and gave him a balloon at the end of the session. And, you know, he would hold it in his hand and let it go. We would tie it and toss it back and forth. He would giggle. It was like the highlight of his session. The other client, I would bring out the balloons and he would hysterically cry. Um, So... The lesson gone wrong is that for three weeks, I could not remember who was who with the balloons. (laughs) So I could remember their goals. I knew their names. I knew exactly who they were, but I would get them really confused with the balloon situation. (laughs) So what happened for two weeks is I would accidentally present the balloon to the child that was afraid of the balloon and he would cry. And then I would send the child who like was working hard the entire session for that one balloon home without the balloon and he would cry. (laughs) And I could not keep them straight. So after this happened twice, I was just like... I can't remember this. This is all my fault. So the third week was the winning week. And that was the week I would just ask the parent, because again, this is my private practice. So the parent is sitting in when it's young clients. Mm -hmm. Does your child like balloons? And it was so embarrassing that I had to ask that for several weeks in a row. And I couldn't remember. (laughs) I felt like, you know, they probably thought I was a terrible SLP who like couldn't remember who their child was, but they seemed like totally okay with it. So now I know who's who. I know who likes the balloons and will giggle with the balloons and who will cry. And everybody's (laughs) happy. Sarah's happy. But as that As I was in that whole thing, I just felt like a terrible SLP. And that was definitely multiple lessons gone wrong over multiple weeks. Oh oh my goodness, that is so relatable. I am so glad you shared that lesson. So we share these lessons gone wrong or things we're struggling with, not just to laugh at each other, which is also fun, um, but to share insights and to be supportive of each other. To be supportive of each other, exactly. These are not examples of what not to do. Um, These are really more examples that we share of real situations that happen in SLP life. And the reality is that we all make mistakes and we all have lessons gone wrong from time to time. So these flops that we share are really more about connecting and supporting each other. Mm -hmm. And we're on to another one of our most requested segments, offering a self-care challenge. So uh, mine, I have a self-care challenge for everyone that's just perfect for the fall when there's so much going on. And mine is a mantra I've found myself using a lot lately, especially, you know, as things are so busy at the beginning of the school year with my contract job, which is, it'll get done on its own time. (laughs) And... You know, like I said before, there's so much happening at the beginning of the school year. It's pretty normal to feel behind, and everyone's really feeling it. So I feel like I can do what I can do. I can keep track of deadlines, but there's so much to do that I end up feeling like I'm working 
as slow as molasses, but I'm not, but that's the way it feels. So just repeating that phrase to myself, it'll all get done on its own time is something that's been a good reminder for me. I love that. So mine this week is similar, but not specific to time. My mantra has been, it'll be okay. You will be okay. (laughs) Oh, you will be okay, Sari. (laughs) And I know that sounds like I'm in crisis mode, and I'm really not. I just picked this up to say to myself when I logged into my email and saw that I had 100 unread email messages just from my first day back to work. Uh, And I said this just to give myself a little reminder that email is not that big of a deal. It'll all be okay, and I'm going to be just fine if I don't get them all done and read and responded to in the first day. Nothing is going to physically happen to me if I don't respond. So our self-care challenge is to find your own stressful workweek mantra that will help you get through the start of the school year or through just a crazy week at work. Mm. And speaking of email, I actually have an SLP confession, which is I do check email in the summer because that feeling of having 100 emails just brings on the anxiety. So this is the perfect example of something we talk about a lot, which is that taking good care of ourselves is so individual. It depends on the person. So for me, checking once in a while in the summer and deleting all the junk mail um, just makes my transition in the fall way less stressful. And, you know, as I'm doing that, I wouldn't really respond to things, but I don't really get requests. It's a lot of just things that have to be deleted. And then a couple of requests. So there are so many things to sort through in the fall. And it's so super duper busy that I do log in and delete emails um, several times during the summer. And for our listeners, if you are that SLP who checks your email 50 times a day, every day during the summer, or you're that SLP who doesn't even look once at your email until that first day back to school during the summer. We support your decision. We totally get it. You do you. You're awesome just the way you are. And that concludes this episode of SLP Happy Hour. We hope this episode was fun and helpful. And if you like these kinds of episodes, let us know and we'll do more of these. And this one was really fun to create. And just a quick word, if you are working in the school system and you're just getting started up again, it it is rough. And the school year is tough, my darling, but so are you. You're tough and you're awesome. If you'd like to send us some love, You can help us out by reviewing us on your podcast player, telling a friend who might enjoy this episode, and subscribing to the show. Our website is slphappyhour.com, and all of our episodes are linked up on our website. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Thank you for listening. Until next time.
Uh, don't believe that stuff you see on social media or on Pinterest. We've all got messy desks, our hair is a mess, we run difficult meetings and lessons gone wrong. And most of us feel like we usually don't know what we're doing. It's just reality. So let's get to it. Um, wow, I am talking for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's okay. Um, <laughs> you didn't know that? Not until I was like, just going, I was like, this sounds this like all of this verbiage is totally Sarah. Did she write the introduction for me? <laughs> you can tell the difference in our writing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's do have you say, and now for a fan favorite, lessons gone wrong, and then I'll take, and then I'll take it. How does that sound? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 